Yo, what's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Correnti, and thank you, as always, for checking out another episode of the Dynasty Drive. I appreciate all the support, as always. Hope you guys have liked uh, sprinkling in some of the live shows that we've done on both Twitter and YouTube, and then following up with the audio on the podcast feed. But just a normal episode this week. I had a good conversation with... uh, one of my favorite minds in the in the Devi space, Brandon Lejeune. Brandon is the host of the Devi Deep Dive podcast and creator of the absolutely incredible Devi dashboard. Uh, if you're new to Devi, Brandon has a ton of great resources on his YouTube channel, on his podcast, uh, and the Devi dashboard that he created, which is really, really incredible stuff. Uh, please make sure to check all that out. You can follow Brandon on Twitter at Devi Deep Dive. He does great, great stuff. Had about a 30 or 35 minute or so conversation with him talking, uh, took kind of a break from, we've been so in the weeds on this year's rookie class on the guys for this year that are declaring and heading to the NFL, but wanted to take a step back and talk about some guys that are a year away, two years away, uh, whether you're a Devi player or thinking about getting into Devi. We're really just excited to try and get ahead on some of next year's rookies or even further down the line. It's a really great conversation. Uh, So we'll hop right into that. If you haven't already or if you're new to the podcast, if you would consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, that would mean a ton to me. Uh, Rate five stars if you could leave a review, like I said. If you're not subscribed already, please do so. You can follow myself and all the stuff for the show on Twitter at Dynasty Drive. And uh, yeah, we'll keep pumping out good content, have a ton of good guests lined up over the next uh, really like six weeks, eight weeks booked out into the summertime. So a lot of really exciting stuff going on, but we'll get right into the conversation with Brandon and I'll see you guys on the other side. Thanks. All right. So joining me on today's episode of the podcast is Brandon Lejeune, uh, host of the Devi Deep Dive podcast and creator of the Devi Dashboard. We're taking a break from 2021 rookies and we're diving into the Devi weeds. Brandon, I appreciate you jumping on the show. Oh man, I am thrilled to be here. Um, when you reached out and said, let's talk Devi, I said, you sure it's rookie season, but I'm, <laughs> I'm always ready to talk Devi and talk about the, uh, our, our fun incoming players in the next few years. Yeah. We've all, uh, I think been through the ringer already with, uh, the guys coming in in 2021, and like you and I were just saying, before we started recording, it's always fun to see where those guys you've been rostering on taxi squads end up when draft day rolls around, but uh, never too early to look ahead, especially when we talk Debbie. So uh, kind of wanted to get your thoughts on you know handful of different guys across p- different position groups, especially since we haven't you know, dove too deep into Devi on this podcast feed, but uh, I respect your opinion more than a lot of other people when it comes to Devi. So I'm excited to pick your brain about some guys. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's get started. All right. Well, we'll start with the uh, the running back position because I feel like I'm an old school fantasy guy at heart and I can't quit running backs. Like I know it's a, it's a wide receivers game now, but uh, there's guys that are exciting in 2022, 2023 draft eligible, Uh, The guy that I think for a lot of people who seems to be the top guy in the 2022 class right now seems to be Brees Hall, uh, somebody that I'm fairly high on myself. Do you think, I guess your quick thoughts on Hall as a player and if anyone realistically is going to threaten him to be the top draft eligible back for 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think we're looking at the 2022 class kind of similar to this year's class, right? We may have a couple guys up top and, you know, from, you know, 
the Brees Hall to Isaiah Spiller are the two names of the 2022 class that seem to be at the top of everyone's list. Um, similar players, uh, Brees Hall has got a, you know, a little bit more, I think, elusive elusivity, uh, a little bit more elusive than Spiller. But I mean, I think it's 1A and 1B at this point, right? I think there's some guys in this class in 2022, I think that can, you know, rival and have that Javante Williams type rise, right? That he kind of came out of nowhere last year. Guys like Zamir White, um, Eric Ray, Kyron Williams, you know, from Notre Dame had a great season last year. But I think Brees Hall is probably at the top. He's my number one in my dashboard. Um, you know, Spiller's right behind him at number two. I think those are going to be the 1A, 1Bs kind of, you know, trying similar to the Harris ETN. 2021 class conversation. I think right now they're at the top. And if you talk to a lot of other Debbie guys and discuss the 2022 classes compared to the 2021 class, it's going to be maybe um, a little down arrow. I think there's um, going to be a lot of average guys, kind of like in this class, right? After the top three, it's uh, who's number four, five, and six. Probably you could ask 10 different people and get 10 different answers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of those top three this year and then everyone else. Uh, I think as of right now, Hall and Spiller would be my top two, but uh, a, a year further out than that, 2023 has some big names. Uh, Bijan Robinson is obviously the, the bell of the ball right now. The kind of what looks to be the, the prize of that class. He's exciting, but Tank Bigsby, Zach Evans, Kendall Milton. Uh, there's a lot of exciting guys in 2023. Is Robinson the guy that is a cut above the rest in that group for you? I think he's just such an intriguing prospect. He is. He's fun. He is. I mean, his size, his physicality, I mean, his ability to move the way he does at his size. Now, we only got a small sample size. He can also catch the ball out of the backfield, which is a big plus because most of us play in PPR leagues. Um, He caught 15 balls last year, and he didn't play really the whole season. They didn't really get him started until the second half of the season. Um, But you just look at him from a physical standpoint, and he's just certainly impressive. I mean, you know, Tank Bigsby – um, Jameer Gibbs is another guy probably are the next two behind him. I've just actually been cutting up a lot of films. I'm going to be doing a, um, a Bigsby versus, um, uh, Gibbs kind of comparison show on my dashboard. We're going to be doing a, an upcoming show. And so I've been cutting up a lot of film of both of those guys, you know, and it's similar to Brees Hall and Spiller in this year's class, as far as Bigsby, um, and Gibbs, you know, they're, they're kind of Gibbs is more of like the Brees Hall type feel and Bigsby's the bigger back, the bigger guy like Spiller. So you kind of have two different kind of styles of play there. But those are the top three. And I, I mean, but John Robinson, I've been doing a lot of Debbie mocks over the last month and he's the first guy by far going yeah. off the board. I mean, just, I mean, even over Brees Hall, even over Spiller. I mean, you start a Debbie startup right now. I mean, he is, um, you could sell him right now if you want to, you could, you could be a kick at the King's ransom right now. If you have Bajan Robinson, cause you could get a hall for him right now. But yeah, it's that intriguing skill set that he has the size, the, the agile movement, the pass catching ability. He, he could really be exciting at the next level for sure. Uh, so perfect kind of segue for you right now is Robinson, the top Debbie running back. Uh, or is there somebody else that you, uh, is, you still have hall ahead of him? I think I'm going to take call because I've seen two years. Yeah. You know, I'm a year closer to getting him on my NFL roster. And a lot can change. You know, you go back and look at history. A lot can change from your freshman year to your junior year. Now, you know, John Robinson could be that special player who is just right out of the gate is the number one. Um, but, uh, you know, assuming he is, I mean, in my Debbie dashboard right now, he is number two. 
behind Brees Hall. I, I keep switching them back and forth and can't seem to make up my mind. But, you know, if we're lucky enough to get, if you're lucky enough to get one of these players anyway, you should be thrilled. But I think right now, I, I think he is the top dog. I mean, like I said, I did a lot of Debbie drafts. He's coming off the board pretty quick. Awesome. And who's one guy deeper down the board that whether it's, you know, a young guy, a sophomore, incoming freshman, who's somebody, a deeper name for people to, to watch out for, take that next step next or this coming year and be that Debbie asset that everybody's looking for at the running back position. You know, I, I've got a man crush on Tyler Algier from BYU. Okay. Um, I, I, I watched a lot. Now he's a deeper name, which is what we want right now. He's yep. an intriguing player. He's going to be a junior next year at BYU. And if, you know, watch it, I'm a film guy, so I'm always watching film whenever I can. And if you watch Zach Wilson, this guy just popped out on the screen, you know, watching uh, Wilson and, you know, kind of scouting him. And he's just, I mean, he put up 11, over 1,100 yards last year. Um, played really well. And interestingly enough, uh, his, his freshman season, he didn't do a whole lot. But then he also played linebacker for almost a full season at BYU. And last year was his first year of actually getting the rock. Um, got good size. Um, I forget his, his exact measurables here. I'm going to pull it up. But he's 5'11", 220. So he's got that perfect kind of size. I like bigger backs. Sure. I like the guys you really look at the NFL right now in the landscape, if you find somebody other than Christian McCaffrey, who's under 205 pounds, he's probably not really an RB one, two, or not even a three on your roster. He's more of a flex player. So I always kind of lean when in my running backs and my rankings, the guys that I like, I mean, you, you have to have the build. You've got to have the, the, the mass, the, the physicality to, to, to be that three down guy and be able to catch the ball. And, and Jir, he excelled catching the ball too. So he had you know, 14 receptions, which isn't great, but he had for 174 yards, he was pretty explosive even catching the ball in the backfield. But he's got the size I like. He's got um, some decent, you know, mobility, short area quickness is what I look. He's not the most elusive guy. He's a little heavy on his feet. But again, he played high school ball as a uh, running back, but he played a whole year at BYU as a linebacker. So, like I said, last year was his first year really getting the majority of the carries and being that bell cow. They got a lot of changes on their offensive line this year. So I'm going to be interested to see they had three guys go to the NFL, three really quality guys. So, um, but yeah, he's a, he's a deep name that I'm really excited about. And you can go to my YouTube channel and I've got a whole like film cut up and go watch the film. I mean, he's, he, he looks impressive. I think it's a great point about the size at the running back position, because as you know, passing game involvement for running backs has become more and more important. It feels like, on the surface, a lot of people have become quicker to overlook the size require. I don't want to say threshold or requirement that, because I agree, I like a bigger running back more often than not because the pounding that these guys are going to take at the NFL level is is real. Uh, and not to get off the Devi track, but to talk about one of the incoming guys this year, it's a reason why you know the. After those top three, like we said, it's kind of a hodgepodge, stack them however you want. But it's the reason I'm willing to roll the dice or take a shot on a guy like Ramondre Stevenson, because I think that he's got the size that I feel confident will hold up at the next level and has the skill set that I think to at least be a decent pass catcher in the NFL. And um, I don't know. I think sometimes it's it's great when you know a guy can be involved in the passing game, but like you said, sub 205 pounds, it there's a, there's a lot of cause for injury concern or, you know, uh, durability concerns for these guys at the next level. Yeah. And I'm going to follow right in your footsteps there. I completely agree hundred percent. I think a lot of people, 
especially like, let's look at this class. You got the Carters, the Gamewells, right? These, these a little bit smaller guys, they excelled in the passing game. And for me, I'm going with Trey Sermon. I want to go with Kylan Hill. I'm going with the guys who are a little bigger. I mean, Kylan Hill showed this year that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. That was a big concern of his two mm-hmm. years ago. He didn't get many receptions. Um, and I agree with you. I, I want the, I'm looking more for the bell cow. Yeah. I want the guy who's going to be on the field the majority of the time in the NFL, not a, a Naeem Hines. Like I look at Kenneth Gamewell and he reminds me of like a Naeem Hines, right? He's, he's undersized. He's just over 200. I don't think he's going to run between the tackles. He just doesn't have the size and the physicality for that. So you're stuck with a guy who's going to be explosive out of the backfield, but is he going to be played and, and used in short term or, you know, just not all the time in the NFL. I, I'd rather lean towards those bigger guys. So I, I always lean toward the bigger guys. I, I agree a hundred percent with you on that. Absolutely. Well, shifting to the wide receiver group, uh, a guy that went back to school this year, Chris Olave at Ohio state was a guy that I think most of us expected to declare this year. Uh, I would have had him in my top five wide receivers coming into the NFL draft this year, but he returns for another year with fellow Buckeye Garrett Wilson uh, who are those two do you prefer long-term for the Buckeyes, uh, Wilson or Olave? You know, I did a uh, film uh, kind of study on Olave a couple years ago, and I came away, like, not super impressed with him. And I'm, I'm, I know I'm, I'm on an island by myself with this, right? I felt two years ago, I haven't watched a ton of his film from this past season, but two years ago, I just felt that he got open a lot in zones and just fields running around, making plays off script and, and didn't see the one-on-one kind of matchup, you know, route running them creating space on their own. I'm really in- interested as to why he came back for his senior year. Yeah. Um, I know that these guys get NFL grades. I don't know if he got something that said, maybe you're not ready. I mean, he was highly touted. I think he's going to be a top five, six guy again next year. Sure. For me to answer your question, I think I'm going to take care of Wilson. Um, I just think his upside in the NFL is, you know, for me personally, I, I think I'm going to favor him a little bit more than Olave. I just haven't been super impressed with Olave. I don't know if he's, I kind of go back to a term that I use a lot in, in kind of when I'm scouting some wide receivers is, is he a product of the system or is he a space creator on his own? Because I, I'm a firm believer. I ask myself in the NFL, why don't wide receivers make it when they go? And I, I come back to answering myself saying that it has to be, they can't create space. Right. So, uh, you know, whether they're in practice or on the practice squad or whatever, the guys that are, you know, facing press and man in the NFL, if they, they can't get open. And I think Garrett Wilson may have a better edge at doing that than Chris Olave. But like I said, I think most people are going to maybe listen to this and think I'm insane, but that's just my personal opinion. I don't think it's crazy. And I love Olave. Like I am probably higher on him than most, but I don't think it's crazy because Garrett Wilson, I think has the kind of upside that it's like, if everything goes right, I think he has huge, huge upside. Olave, I could see, you know, I think the upside is there for him as well, but uh, I could see a world where, you know, this season shakes out and it's like Garrett Wilson is a, you know, top 10, top 15 NFL draft draft pick in the NFL. And, you know, maybe Olave goes back in round one, like I kind of thought he would this year. So uh, mm-hmm. some people will probably think you're crazy, but that's all right. It's fantasy football. There's always somebody that thinks you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, other, and the other thing for me, I look for wide receivers is physicality. And sure. if you watch Chris Olave, yeah, you know, he, he does get the ball, great hands, you know, he makes the spectacular body control catches and all that great. But if you look at him from a yak standpoint, when he's, you know, the vision in the second level and when he's got to face contact, he's not a guy who's going to really, I think, he just doesn't seem physical like Garrett Wilson is. Garrett Wilson seems a lot more physical. So I'm going to lean towards the physicality. 
All right. Awesome. And recently we had uh, the unfortunate news. George Pickens tore his ACL. Georgia wide receiver uh, was one of the most, you know, highly thought of guys for next year's class after suffering the torn ACL. How does it impact his Debbie value for you moving forward? Big concerns, just kind of part of the game. Where are you at on Pickens? You know, given the fact that Tylen Wallace came back and didn't really miss a beat, I think with his return, these ACL injuries aren't, I mean, I think they're repaired maybe stronger than they are when they get, you know, torn in the first place. So I'm not super concerned long-term. It's certainly disappointing. I think it's disappointing for the whole jury. I think it's disappointing for JT Daniels. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. You know, they've got other receivers there, obviously, who can, you know, pick up the slack. But, you know, he was going to be the guy. But George Pickens has been one of my favorite players for a long, long time. And, um, yeah, it really, it really is disappointing. Am I going to drop him down in my ranks? You know, I, I've been thinking about it. He's in my top three. He was always my number one receiver. Um, and I think, it, it, you know, we fast forward a year from now and he's fully recovered and he's tearing it up when there's a real combine and, and all that. I think he's still going to be at the top of the list. I, I think his, he is a special player. If he could just keep his head on straight, you know, you saw some of those highlights where he can get a little – rowdy on the on the yeah. field you know but is he going to be a good teammate is he going to be hitting the books is he going to be you know hitting you know the weight room and be you know there's a lot of um, intangibles that go along with being successful at the nfl so i he's got all the physical gifts i think it's the uh the other intangibles that you know some people have a little bit of concern with because he is can get a little over the top but um i'm not going to drop him down significantly no yeah i think it's fair uh, like you said i don't think it's uh something where in today's sports landscape, you know, a torn ACL isn't kind of the, you know, the death blow maybe once was years ago. It's like right. we see these guys. I, I always go back to that. I know he's like the a freak and has he done it for so long, but like the the proof was in the pudding for me the year after Adrian Peterson came back from the torn ACL and I was yeah. like, oh, these don't matter anymore. Like, no. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I, I think he did, didn't he win the rushing title or something? Yeah. Like, well, the I year think, after? Yeah, it was a huge year. Like it, I want to it, I don't know if it was the year he went for 2000, but it might've been, he had like 1600 yards rushing or 1700 yards rushing, something like that. And I was like, man, that's crazy. A year after tearing up his knee like that. But that, yeah, I think I was think like it was, the beginning of like, Oh, okay. These ACLs, like you said, may, are they coming back stronger? Like we have the technology to rebuild them. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I think he came back in like eight months too. I think it was some yeah, crazy, crazy time. Frame. Yeah. So um, yeah, today's technology in the medical world is incredible. Well, another school, Alabama, has obviously been churning out wide receiver talent for years now, you know, going a ways back to Julio and everybody before him, but Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, soon to be Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell. Is John Mechie the next big Bama wide receiver? How does he stack up to some of these guys before him? Well, I'll tell you, what's going to be so much fun this year is all of the change in Alabama. I know. Right? I'm excited I'm, for it. And I'm a Bama guy. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. Yeah. I've always been one of those guys in college football where I don't want to see Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State win, right? I, I, I want to see a little bit of parity. I, I sure. want to see some other teams. So it's just not the same guys. So if you look, if, just not to get off subject, but if you look at all those franchises right now, all those teams, right? All those, those situations change in all of Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama are going to be fascinating this year because – you got new quarterbacks, you got running backs, wide receiver is all, you know, people coming back from injury. I mean, everything's wide open. So are they going to be able to really put it all together and compete? 
um, with these teams that maybe have a little bit more stability. But going to answer your question, John Mechie, I mean, he really, really played well towards the end of last year. Um, you know, against Ohio State, the last game of the season, I mean, he was at eight receptions for 81 yards against Ohio State. He, he looks like the real deal. Um, and they've got just so many other players now. They've got a lot of guys from, you know, the 2023 class, you know, Javon Baker, and, you know, Treshawn Holden. But then they got this great crop coming in for 2024, Ja'Cory Brooks and Angie Hall and JoJo Earl. I mean, some really fascinating young talent. And um, you know, so it's going to be just really interesting. I, I think John Mechie's obviously going to, you know, start on the outside. Um, Slade Bowden, Bolden is another guy that probably a lot of Debbie people haven't really talked about. I don't think he's an NFL bound player, but he's the projected starter in the slot. Um, but the guy that I think is going to be really interesting to watch in Batman next year is Jaleel Billingley. Billingsley. He's a tight end. He's built more like a wide receiver, um, but he is a player who really flashed last year. And I think they're going to lean on him heavily. So I think John Mechie is going to be the crown jewel you know, starting off, but I'm going to expect there's going to be one or two players halfway through the season that the Debbie community is going to start going gaga over. So, so when some of these guys have to emerge and it's really, you know, Bryce Young, is he going to be able to get the ball to these guys? How, how does he develop? Um, I think he's, I, I think, I think Nick Saban is going to lean on his veterans, especially given the fact that they have a young quarterback and, you know, the, the, the uh, running back situation too, it's got a little, uh, you know, guys who can emerge as well. Yeah, I think it's a great point that we'll get into a little bit further about change at those big programs for sure. It starts at the quarterback position, but uh, there's a lot of wide open playing uh, playing positions across the board at those big programs. So it's, it'll be an interesting college football season. Uh, hopefully a, oh, for sure. a full college football season, fingers crossed. Right. Uh, to put a bow on the wide receivers, is George Pickens your top Debbie wide receiver? Or do you have anybody above him? And like we did with the running backs, who's if it's not him, who is it? And then one uh, one guy deeper down the list to to keep an eye out for. Um, I mean, for me, he is. He's always going to have a place in my heart. I you know I do scouting films on my YouTube channel, and he was the first one of the first ones I did. Him and Journey Brown, um, and so I just love his game. I love his size. Um, at 193 and, um, you know, almost 200 pounds. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys that could emerge and I think it's going to be a horse race to the end. I mean, you got David Bell from Purdue, you got Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Um, you know, the guy we just talked about from Ohio state, you know, Chris Olave. I'm interested to see what Justin Ross does as he get over his neck injury. One guy I'm really excited about to see is Jaden Hazelwood because, you know, he tore his ACL. So he's going to be back now with Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma. So, I mean, he, he could be a guy, I mean, you go back 12 months from now and Debbie drafts before he tore his ACL. My God, he was being taken off the board early in startups. So, um, a guy that I think that I'm like really excited about a guy that could be the Elijah Moore, right. Let's say mm -hmm. who kind of really jumps up towards the end of the season and makes himself a name as they head into the draft is Jahan Dotson from Penn state. Um, really like this kid. Uh, um, he's like five foot 11, 182. I think he can win all over the field. They've had inconsistent quarterback play. You know, Clifford has not been great at Penn state. I think if, if Jahan Dotson was on another team, he would be a, a, a much more recognized name in the Debbie community. But last year he had 884 yards and eight TDs on that horrible, you know, passing game of Penn state. Um, you know, Clifford's had four straight new offensive coordinators. So, you know, he, he's not a, a Debbie asset going to the NFL, but if he can, you know, again, he's going to have a new offensive coordinator this year, but if, if he can just get consistent, I think Jahan Dotson is a, is a name 12 months from now, we're going to be talking about in the top 10. Awesome. Writing him down right now. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, moving on to the quarterbacks, and we'll wrap it up there. Uh, we had talked about – you brought this guy up just recently. But 2022 uh, – Another year with some big names, Spencer Rattler, uh, Keaton Slovis, Sam Howell. Uh, Spencer Rattler, for me, is the most exciting of the bunch in terms of fantasy prospects. Um, how do they stack up for you right now in terms of – out of those three, I guess, who do you have? One, two, three. Uh, one, two, three, I've got Rattler, Howell, and DJ. Yeah. Um, again, I, I can't put DJ above them. I haven't seen enough. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's a risky leap of faith, this Debbie game, because values can change quickly and – there's a lot of misses out there. It's a lot of fun, but there's a lot of misses. There's a lot of wins. But, you know, you go back and look at drafts 12 months previous, you're going to look at players and be like, oh, my gosh, they were they were drafted then. I mean, so a lot can change. And I just have to see players on the field before I can leap the frog them over and take that leap of faith with these younger 2024 class and 2023. So, yeah, I think Spencer Rattler is going to be the top guy and how. And I'm not giving up on Keaton Slovis. I think a lot of you – know, here's a perfect example – of a guy who comes out his freshman year, plays really well. He's at the top of the Debbie, you know, the Debbie draft list of quarterbacks. I mean, my goodness, he didn't get out of the top, you know, round, first round of Debbie drafts 12 months ago. And now his ADP is like 37 in my dashboard. Yeah. That's like a, re- that's like a result of 12 recent Debbie drafts, right? Um, he's like getting kicked to the side. People have already given up on him. He already, you know, well, he, he had some injuries ending his season as a freshman, had some injuries in the spring last year. COVID season. It just was, you know what I mean? I, like, I'm not going to give up on him yet. I think he showed me enough in his freshman season that we got to give him a pass maybe. Um, yeah. So I'm not giving up on Slovis, but yeah, to answer your question, I've got uh, Spencer Rattler. I, I think um, he's going to be you know, really good this year. I think Lincoln Riley is going to do everything to make him like really successful. Yeah. I, honestly, I was, I went back and watched on the Spencer Rattler, I guess a couple, maybe a month or two ago. I came away more impressed than I expected to initially. Like I watched him obviously throughout the college football season and then kind of came back to him. And I think in a full normal college football season, Lincoln Riley helps kind of mold him where he needs to get to. And I mean, he's got to be a Heisman front runner at this point. I think he's going to put up video game kind of numbers and have everybody drooling at what his fantasy output can be at the next level. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's got a great arm. He's got the mobility um, there's been some question marks about his maturity. And I think, you know, we haven't heard much of that in the last year. Um, he's going to, he can be inconsistent. I mean, you know, earlier last season at the beginning in the fall, he didn't show up for the games at the end, you know, like the, when you need to be the quarterback to take you in for that final drive. And he started to do that more towards the end of the season as he got a little bit more comfortable. So I'm expecting uh, big things from him this year. I think he's going to have a hell of a year. For sure. And we talked about it when we were discussing wide receivers and you had mentioned already DJ uh, assuming the starting quarterback role with Clemson, but Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson all have highly touted young quarterbacks that'll be eligible uh, 2023. Who are you most excited to see this year? Is it DJ or is it CJ Stroud, Bryce Young? Who, who do you think is most exciting or are you personally most excited to see how the playing season sh- uh, shakes out for him this year? I'm most interested in Bryce Young because of his size. Yeah. That might sound crazy, but you know he's five. He's another one of these smaller wide, re, you know, not wide receivers, uh, quarterbacks who, you know, we know the Kyler Murrays and you know the, they've broken the mold of these under sub six foot quarterbacks that are making it in the NFL. And I, I'm really interested to see what he does with the pressure playing in that organization. Um, yeah, I mean, they're all three should be good. DJ just had a spring game. He looked pretty good. Um, 
for Bryce Young, I'm just intrigued to see with all the hype um, and all the pressure. It's a lot of pressure for these young kids. Oh, yeah. You know, us play us playing this game and talking about these players, critiquing them, and 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 all that. I mean, these guys have to play in those stadiums and have the pressure of the press on them and stuff. I mean, it, it's quite fascinating to, that they, you know, when they get successful like that. But yeah, Bryce Young, I'm really excited to see him and see what he does. The crazy thing is kind uh, kind of. Uh, in terms of looking at the size of the quarterbacks, like you said, Kyler, Baker Mayfield, you know, Russell Wilson, these guys kind of broke the mold. It's like, oh, you don't have to be tall to be or bigger to be a quarterback anymore. And I was listening to, I forget who it was, but talk about Zach Wilson this year. And they were like, oh, Zach Wilson's small. And I was like, 6'2 or 6'3, like three, like that's not even small anymore. We got 5'11 no. quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're 6'1, you're gold. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> But yeah, it's it's nuts. I, I think they're all due for an exciting year. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Bryce Young can be that next one. That, who knows? I, I mean, a year ago or a year and a half ago, I don't think any of us or a lot of us weren't expecting Mac Jones to be a potential, you know, top three draft pick or top five draft pick the way things are going. But that's uh, almost definitely where it seems like he's going to end up. Oh, I think so. And it's... um you go to those pedigree schools like that, you, you've got a pretty good chance if you're somewhat successful, but yeah, the whole Mac Jones thing is, is fascinating. I mean, Oh yeah. I, I just can't wait to see where he lands and wouldn't it be something if he ended up being the best one out of all of them? Yeah. You know? I mean, that's why this NFL draft thing is so crazy, right? Like we all talk what we think we know. And ultimately it's like, you've got your best guess and that's still just it. <laughs> it's it. You know, going to this year, right? My birds, we got Jalen Hurts. It mm-hmm. looks like now that they traded down the number 12, right? They're, they, they're going with Hurts. Yeah. I mean, the guy has been written off in the community. I mean, he has been written off and he showed me a little bit of something last year. I mean, let's give the guy a chance, right? I mean, but yeah, it's, people are quick to judge. Um, but I, I it's, yeah, it's, uh, I'm hoping Hertz does well. The dynamic is interesting where it's like a, a, the consensus can be so quick to move off of somebody like Jalen Hurts, right? Uh-huh. Where it's like, okay, we've seen enough to come to a decision where I'm a Jets fan and we just saw them trade Sam Darnold. And instead of the the one talking point that you hear is how bad Adam Gase is. And yes, right. factual. He did nothing to develop Sam Darnold. But the other side of it is like, well, Sam Darnold was kind of the guy that we had concerns about coming out of college too. Like as good as some of the stuff was, he turned the ball over and made some bad decisions. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what he always continued to do. And I hope he right. turns it around in Carolina, but it's interesting how, uh, you know, how, how the water gets carried for some guys, but not for others, I think. And uh, I don't know. It's interesting what the difference in draft capital can do for uh, for a player, right? Sam Donald's a top Uh-oh. three overall pick, and it's like we, we can defend him, defend him, defend him, and Jalen Hurts goes, what was that, like middle of second round, later second round, and it's like, ah, right. he's done. We've seen him for whatever it was, a handful of games, move on from him. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty psyched to just see what he does. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting with, uh, you know, an off season come like coming in as the guy, like mm-hmm. I'm glad Wentz, nothing against Wentz, but I'm glad he's out of there just so that there's not the, the controversy surrounding the whole thing, you know, let, uh, let him be the guy, let Hertz be the guy and not have to worry about looking over his shoulder all the camp. Oh yeah. And that was important. And I think that they did the best they, they could. I mean, I'd really under, understand why they signed Wentz to a long-term deal than, 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 than drafted Hurts, but maybe Hurts, they didn't think we going to, was going to fall there and just, they couldn't pass him up. But regardless, I, I, I'm a huge Wentz fan. 
Um, he's had to deal with a lot here. I'll tell you in Philly, yeah. I mean, just this town's brutal, like on sports <laughs> radio and stuff. It really is. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, they got a, they got a statue of Nick Foles outside the link and, <laughs> you know, um, I think he was dealing with a lot of emotion and mental stress given how everything unfolded, winning a Super Bowl and having to watch all that. And he needed a fresh start and he couldn't have, he couldn't have landed in a better place. I'm now an Indianapolis Colts fan. Yeah. It, it'll be cool to see him back with uh, Frank Reich. I think he'll, he'll, he'll do what he can to, he's got a decent, a uh, decent group around him there. Jonathan Taylor, some, some weapons I like at wide receiver. So I, mm-hmm. I hope Wentz gets it back together. Yeah, me too. But uh, we'll wrap it up on the quarterbacks with, we talked who your top guy was. Who's somebody a little bit further down the list to to monitor for Debbie value like we did with the other positions? Who's somebody you got your eye on? Well, you know, everyone kind of, you know, whether it's the running back position of Javante Williams or, you know, um, Zach Wilson, right? Yeah. Damn. I got, I mean, I got Zach Wilson off waivers in my C2C league. I mean, that's, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Went I mean, crazy. this time, lab, yeah, he was a nobody this time last year. I mean, total afterthought. Total afterthought. So, like, who is the afterthought of the quarterback position, right? That's what I love. I mean, that's the fun for me is trying to find out who these diamonds in the rough are. A guy that I like in the uh, next year's class to come out is Matt Coral from Old Miss. Um, now, he's got like all these guys have a little bit of you know situation with their game that they need to improve in him. I mean, Matt Coral's got the size. He's six one two oh five. He's got to turn. He's got to not turn the ball over. But I love his scrambling ability. I love his arm, his arm strength, his velocity on his, his intermediate and, and long throws is there. I think he's a guy that could maybe jump into that top three or four category if he can really solidify his game. And he is tough. He can scramble. Um, so I, I think you know he's a guy, if we're looking for a quarterback that could rise next year and compete, you know, with uh, Spencer Rattler and Hal and Slovis and those guys we previously talked about. Matt Corral's a guy that I'm going to be really watching a lot this year. Awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Brandon, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and uh, pass on some of your Debbie wisdom to me. Hopefully I will be better for it. But uh, for anybody who's not following any of your great work, please plug where they can follow you on Twitter and check out your stuff on YouTube, the Debbie dashboard, all of it. It's, it's great stuff. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I do a weekly podcast called The Debbie Deep Dive. I focus uh, on a topic, and then I really film grind a player for the week, really get into their their criteria of what I look for in their in their play. And then I pre- present like a deep dive player, you know, a deeper name. Some of the names kind of like I would talk about a Tyler Algier, you know, same names that maybe other guys aren't talking about. I got a great Debbie dashboard. It's something I created. It took me a long time to put together. It's basically a big database of all the players. I look at it as a research center for you where you can click a player's name and it'll take you all over the internet to kind of do your own research and um, have a great Slack chat community, which is great because there's a lot of people who listen to podcasts who do not want to be on Twitter. And there's not a forum out there for people to want to chat that don't want to get ripped on Twitter or maybe put themselves out there. So um, it's really great. And then I have a YouTube channel. I cut up all sorts of films and I just love making films. That's my true passion. Awesome, man. Well, like I said, I appreciate it and I'm sure we'll have you on again, but I appreciate you taking the time. All right. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thanks again to Brandon for joining me to break down some of his top Debbie prospects, some more under-the-radar guys, and just some overall good guys to monitor, whether you're a Debbie player or not. But uh, like we had mentioned, I think Debbie is the next logical step for a lot of Dynasty players. It's really going to 
I believe, increase in popularity through this year and next year especially. So if you haven't checked it out or haven't considered playing Devi yet, um, we've mentioned it through the conversation and at the beginning of the show. Make sure to check out Brandon's resources, the Devi dashboard that he has. I really can't tell you how much or how awesome it is. It's an invaluable tool to people for Devi players of all skill sets. It's a ton of information in there. So make sure to follow Brandon. Make sure to check out all his stuff. I appreciate everybody checking out the show as always, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks, guys.